The epistle for this 22nd Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Brethren, we are confident in the Lord Jesus that he who has begun a good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Christ Jesus. As it is meet for me to think this for you all, for that I have you in my heart and that in my bands and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my joy. For God is my witness, how I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. In this I pray, that your charity may more and more abound in knowledge and in all understanding, that you may approve the better things, that you may be sincere and without offense unto the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of justice through Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the 22nd chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, the Pharisees went and consulted among themselves how to ensnare Jesus in his speech. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art a true speaker and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither do you care for any man, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their wickedness, said, Why do you tempt me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin of the tribute. And they offered him a penny. And Jesus says to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They say to him, Caesar's. Then he says to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, um, one of the things that most of us remember from our catechism is that there are four types of prayer. Adoration, petition, reparation, and thanksgiving. So prayer is a lifting of our soul to God, and there's four ways in which you can direct yourself towards God in prayer. These four ways. So our prayer is adoring when it seeks to give honor to God to acknowledge that he is the Supreme Lord. In the prayer of adoration, we acclaim God for his supreme might. We acknowledge his greatness. We bow down before him. And some wonderful examples of this type of prayer are in the Mass. You have the Gloria and the Sanctus, beautiful examples of a prayer of adoration. The second type of prayer is that of petition, and this is the most common thing we think of when we think of prayer, that we go to God to ask him for the things that we need. We can ask him for temporal things like, please give me this new job that I'm trying to get, or we can ask him, please preserve me from this danger. There's some person that's after me. Um, these are things that merely concern our, our earthly life. Or more frequently and more appropriately, we can also ask for spiritual goods, that God grant us graces and blessings or uh, graces of conversion or special insight into our soul, for example. Examples of, of these types of prayers, these prayers and petitions, um, are again found in the Mass, all over the Mass, especially the collects, the secrets, and post-communion. We find very, very beautiful prayers and petitions in those. For instance, today's secret. Ask God both that we be forgiven our sins and that we be kept safe from all dangers. So it's asking both for a spiritual benefit and a temporal benefit. 
Skip to the fourth type of prayer. The fourth type of prayer is thanksgiving. And that's where we acknowledge some of the many blessings that we've received from God, perhaps through our prayers of petition. We ask God for something, and he grants us that grace. And then later on, we, we are grateful for that. Or perhaps we just simply acknowledge the great goodness of God to us in our daily life, all the things that he's given to us. And we desire to show him that we have gratitude. Our prayers after meals, for example, are, are an example of, of a Thanksgiving prayer. But really the type of prayer that I most want to emphasize today is that third type of prayer, the prayer of reparation. The prayer of reparation is a repair prayer. It's a prayer that's trying to fix something. There's a problem. There's something that's been broken. And so you have this prayer to try to fix it, or you have this act of mortification, sacrifice, in order to fix something that's gone wrong. And the problem, what's gone wrong, is that sin has happened. Sin has taken away from the glory due to God. And that's a major problem, a problem that needs to be fixed, and it is fixed by this prayer of reparation or the sacrifices of reparation. In the end, we have to be deeply conscious as Catholics that sin is a crime. Sin is the greatest crime that can possibly exist, much greater than any crime that's just committed against one of our fellow human beings. So important for us to realize that. The reason for this is that you measure the severity of the crime by the dignity of the one who's offended by that crime. And God is supremely great. There is no one greater than God. As such, an offense against God, by definition, is greater than any other offense that can be committed, any other crime that can possibly be committed on this earth. So offending God is a, an act that results in a greater injustice than any other possible criminal activity that we might have. Because of God's supreme greatness as our creator, he has strict rights. We owe God homage in justice. He has a right, a strict right to our homage. This is not just true of us as individuals, but this is also true of us as a society. God is owed by us as a collective society the homage that is due to him. We have to render to God the things that belong to God. If you take some money that's minted by the state, you take the dollar bill, or you take a quarter, you take a dime, what you find on that are the images of the heads of state or the founding fathers or whoever. And so in a sense, that money belongs to them, and it's just to give taxes to the state. But when we consider human beings, what we find is they are printed in an image as well. They are printed in the very image of God. We have the image of God. We are marked by the image of God. And as such, we owe it to God to give ourselves back to him to a certain degree, to pay him homage, both in our private prayers and our public worship. And when this is not done, injustice is done to God. When on the, on the contrary, the opposite is done when worship is given not to the true God, but to the false gods in place of the true God, a worse injustice is done, 
And when worship is given to false gods publicly and by the very priest of God who are meant to worship the true God and even the vicar of Christ himself, then that is the worst crime, the worst injustice that we can possibly conceive of. This is what St. Thomas explains in the Summa on his question on idolatry. He asks the question, is idolatry the greatest possible sin that there is? And he answers, yes, it is the greatest possible sin. And he makes an excellent comparison. He says, the worst crime possible in a country is for someone to give royal honor to someone other than the true king. And the reason for this is that when you try to put someone else in the place of the king, you're upturning the whole order of society. The king is at the very top of society. Therefore, if you, if you try to remove him, you're trying to make the whole of society crumble. It's something that attacks the very root of society itself. And so when we come to the question of idolatry, he says, we know that sins committed against God are worse than those committed against men. And so if being a traitor to the king is the worst sin possible against man in a state, so then idolatry is the worst sin possible against God. Because what you're trying to do by idolatry is remove God and put some other God in his place. You're trying to remove God from his, his position as Lord over all reality and put something else, some other creature, some creature in his place. There's an objection that St. Thomas considers. He says, well, it would seem that blasphemy is worse than idolatry because when you blaspheme, you are attacking, attacking God directly. You're shaking your fist at God. Whereas idolatry, you're just giving honor to some idol. You're not looking at God, you're looking at this idol and trying to worship it. And St. Thomas answers by saying that idolatry is a blasphemy against God because it dethrones God and it denies the faith. So idolatry is the worst possible sin, a commission of sin against the first commandment, the worst way to offend the commandment to love God. Now, in explaining all this, I've, I've almost forgotten the theme of my sermon, and I must not get distracted to that. I, I, I think what we were talking about in this sermon was, was types of prayer, and that there are four types of prayer, and that the third type of prayer is the prayer of reparation. And I just felt like I, I really needed to explain um, something first before I talked about that type of prayer, and that is to explain that God has rights, that these rights can be offended, and therefore injustice can be done against God. And when injustice is done against God in society, then there's something broken in society that needs to be fixed. There needs to be some repairing done for society to be right again. And this type of prayer is so severely neglected today, I would say almost forgotten today. You will find lots of prayers of thanksgiving and petition in the Novus Ordo. You will find some prayers of adoration as, as well, but you would find, be hard-pressed to find prayers of reparation. They almost systematically removed from the old Mass 
All those prayers that referred to the need to pay for sin, to account for the sins of man against God. And the reason why they, these modern Catholics are often not very aware of this type of prayer is that, that often they do not believe that God can be offended, that any injustice can be done against God. They'll say something like, well, you know, God's invulnerable. You, you can't hurt God. I mean, nobody can hurt God. I mean, he's, he's absolutely impenetrable. He's got divine armor on. So there's, there's no way you can possibly hurt him. So I can only hurt my fellow man. Um, and so when, when it comes to God, I, I mean, I worship God. I ask God for things that I need. I thank God. But I do not pay for sins against God because I haven't hurt him. And of course, this kind of attitude makes our Lord's death on the cross completely incomprehensible. And that's why they try to get rid of the cross or they, they put the resurrexifixes out where, where it's our Lord risen on the cross because the cross doesn't really make much sense if, if there's no need to pay for sin. Why would our Lord suffer and die for the sins of mankind if it's not necessary to make satisfaction to God for those sins? How do we answer this? Well, the fact is that while it's true, we, we cannot hurt God. I can't, I can't injure God. That's true. But, but I can offend God. I can do acts of injustice towards God. I, God. God has rights over me, and I do owe him certain acts. And if I do not perform those acts, I have committed an injustice against him. Or if I turn against him and put another God in his place, then definitely I have offended God. And I must make reparation. I must repair these acts in justice by, prayer, by prayers and sacrifices of reparation. My dear faithful, I'm, I'm even going to make the claim that this type of prayer, the prayer of reparation, is the most important type of prayer for our times, for the modern times that we live in. We know that it's the characteristic of our modern times to deny the rights of God, to place man in God's place, to divinize man. And that's the worst crime of idolatry possible. Not that we put some other creature in the place of God, that I put on myself in the place of God. I say, I am God. I am the one who rules over reality. I remove God out of the way, and I take, I occupy his throne. And in a sense, as, as I explained a couple of weeks ago on the Feast of Christ the King, the whole fiasco with the Pacamama idols and the Vatican Gardens, it was much more a worship of man than it was a worship of Pacamama. And that's because it was really about an assertion that man has the right to make whatever gods he wants to make and to worship whatever gods he wants to worship. And when you assert that right for human beings, you're effectively saying that men are God. Because men can create gods. Men can make their gods, whoever they want to worship. And they have an intrinsic human dignity that allows them to do that. And if this is the major problem today, that men do not acknowledge the rights of God and they make no effort to make reparation for sins against God, then the most important work for us to do, if we have the faith, is to perform those acts of reparation that nobody is doing. Nobody's even conscious that they have to do these things. And I'm not just going to, I mean, this is, this is an argument of reason that I give to you to try to convince you, but 
I, I'm, I need to make sure that I don't leave it at that. And you might say to yourself, well, you know, what Father Robinson said makes kind of, make, makes a little bit of sense. I kind of understand what he's getting at there. But I'm not sure if God agrees with Father Robinson that God thinks that the prayer of reparation is the most important type of prayer for our times. And so it's important that I not just leave it at that and trust that you'll be completely convinced, but I indicate that you don't have to believe Father Robinson. You need to believe this based on the testimony of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. The revelations of the Sacred Heart to St. Margaret Mary were revelations of a devotion of reparation. The Holy Hour of Reparation on the first Friday of every month where you spend one hour before the Blessed Sacrament for the specific intention of making up, of repairing for the sins committed against our Lord, especially the sins committed by consecrated souls, like the members of the Catholic hierarchy, who are the ones above all who are supposed to be showing the due honor and love to our Lord Jesus Christ. Likewise, our Lord asked St. Margaret Mary for a communion of reparation, such that we offer our communion on the first Friday of each month with that intention of paying for the sins committed against our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. That's the message of the Sacred Heart. He came down on earth specifically to ask us for this work. And the message of Our Lady of Fatima is just as clear about this. So when the angel of Portugal appeared to the children in 1916, the year before the coming of Our Lady, he asked them to make sacrifices. And Lucia asked the angel, she said, how do we do that? How are we supposed to go about making these sacrifices? And the angel said, make of everything you can a sacrifice and offer it to God as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and in supplication for the conversion of sinners. Thus you will bring peace to your country. It's a social work. God has been offended at the level of society and there needs to be a reparation at the level of society. Above all, he says, accept and bear with patience the sufferings which the Lord will send you. And then the angel brought them Holy Communion. And at the same time, he taught them a prayer, which is a prayer of reparation. They bowed down before our Lord, present in the Blessed Sacrament, and they repeated this prayer, Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I adore you profoundly, and I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference by which he is offended. That was the focus of the angel of Portugal. And then when Our Lady came the following year, she was just as clear that what she was asking for is a work of reparation. She gave her most important message on July the 13th. That's where the three secrets come from. The message on July the 13th, you know, it was May the 13th, June the 13th, July, all the way down to October the 13th, six apparitions. Well, it was that third apparition 
on July the 13th, where she gave the three secrets, and on that occasion, she asked the children to sacrifice themselves for sinners and to pray the following prayer when doing so. O Jesus, it is for the love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart. And she indicated that if her message was not heeded, if people didn't follow up and and answer her request by doing what she asked for, then as a result, terrible things would happen to society, the very things we witnessed over the past hundred years, um, indicating the social ramifications for people not paying attention to the need to make up for the sins against God that are committed by mankind. And in the second secret she says to prevent all these things happening, the remedy, what will help society and avert these chastisements on society, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on First Saturdays. Sacred Heart asks for communion reparation First Fridays. Lady Fatima asks for the communion reparation on First Saturdays Two fix, repair the crimes of mankind against God. So the devotion that the Immaculate Heart revealed at Fatima is parallel to the devotion the Sacred Heart revealed at Pere Lamonial, and both are devotions of reparation. Both involve the reception of Holy Communion for the intention of making reparation, this specific type of prayer, the third type of prayer. We can think of our communion of reparation as the most powerful means to pay for sin. The greatest reparatory act that you can make as a Catholic is to receive the Blessed Sacrament for the intention of making up for the sins of mankind. It's so necessary for us to remain in the state of grace so we can receive a worthy communion and offer it for that intention. And obviously, we're not just meant to make reparation when we receive communion. We're meant to do it at all times. When we pray, when, when we perform our daily activities, this is what Our Lady was asking of the children of Fatima. This was the angel of Portugal was asking them that for them to make sacrifices all throughout the day and offer them for this intention of reparation. And I want to emphasize as well that you don't have to just make communions of reparation on First Friday and First Saturday. I mean, there's 30 or 31 days in the month. You can make a communion reparation whenever you want. Whenever you desire to make a communion reparation, when you come to Mass, you can do that. This doesn't have to be first Friday and the first Saturday. I mean, our Lord and Our Lady are emphasizing that those are, are very special days. You get special um, graces and special efficacy. But we can think that as well. Other communions of reparation will be fruitful. So at the request of our Superior General, Father Davide Pagliarani, we perform works of mortification and reparation for the Pacamama scandal yesterday by observing a fast. Today, we are offering our Mass and Holy Communion in reparation. Father is offering, and all the priests of society are offering their Mass and their Holy Communion for this intention of reparation today for the scandals of the Amazon Synod. And after Mass, we will be calling upon all the saints to assist us in the work of reparation by praying the Litany of the Saints. 
And above all, my dear faithful, I want you to be conscious today of how important this work is. You above all people on this earth have that awareness of the fact that sin is offensive to God, that sin has social ramifications, that sin is the worst crime possible. And therefore, there needs to be work at the level of society to make reparation to our Lord and our Lady. And if you have the faith and you have that consciousness, then you are in a very special position to do that most important work. And I would say a very privileged position of those who have heard the voice of our Lord and our Lady who are really striving to be obedient to those requests and to lovingly um, attempt to make up for, for all the outrages against them that are committed all around the world. Our Lord and Our Lady are both requesting reparation. They want your assistance in this work. They're pleading with you to perform this work. So be very generous in your prayers, your sacrifices, and above all, make very good Holy Communions for this intention. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.